This is Greg Olson, inviting you to check out my new Blue Wire podcast, TE1, where I interview tight ends throughout the history of the NFL who have helped revolutionize the position. TE1 is presented by the Chevy Silverado. The Silverado is all about grit. It's strong and dependable, exactly like playing tight end. Just like the incredible players we sit down with on the podcast, the Chevy Silverado is in a league of its own. Strong, advanced, and dependable. Download TE1 today, wherever you listen to podcasts. Blue Wire. Three on the way! Yes! Paul George nails it! For the win! Welcome back, Dunks and Discourse, episode forty-four, Jerry West edition. And Jabari, we're uh, we're creeping up to number fifty, man. Yeah, yeah, we're almost there. To be honest with you, even though yes, we've been doing the show for a while, it really does feel like that just flew right by. I just like I, you know, what? I don't know what we got to do to get to the forty-second iTunes review. <laughs> like we've just we've been stuck on forty. Maybe one of us needs to talk about how we wouldn't trade Russell Westbrook for Giannis. <laughs> And maybe maybe the people will share our words a little bit more. Yeah, no doubt. And you know what? No disrespect, uh, you know, to that podcast that you're referencing, but all disrespect to that podcast. What? Are you, yeah. What was that? I was going to say because like I saw a clip. Someone had recorded this pod, and he was talking. They were they were having like what was a reasonable conversation on you know should the Rockets keep Russell Westbrook or move on from him? And it went to well, would you trade him for Giannis? No, I wouldn't touch Giannis with a ten foot pole. And I was like, oh my goodness, like. This this is part of, and I'm not. I don't want to be that person with the NBA ratings who like frames the argument, you know, via how they feel. Mm-hmm. But this is part of why we have such impassioned, terrible Homer basketball fans because fans have become like the media members at all these blog sites, and and they all they do is rile up the home base. Like there's nothing, there's no substance to a pod like that. So yeah, all of the shade. Yeah, I mean, if if we're being honest and in fairness to them, that's kind of what that is. You know, that is now like you know, home home base or home team blogs. Oftentimes, as well as podcasts, oftentimes they they definitely lean into that. Some some are significantly better than others. Like shout out, you know, shout out to the one that SB Nation has uh, with the Lakers, and I'm sure you uh, you could name you know several others. But yeah, a lot of them end up being a whole lot of that. Yeah, I mean, uh, <laughs> I think they made it. The the clip of them the the game before. And he's yelling about how Caruso got 16 on him. Like, that was funny. That, <laughs> that was that, fantastic. Like, that, that's, that's good radio. That's a good podcast. No, no shade there. But, like, if you think Russell, current Russell Westbrook and Giannis are the same, or or, or Giannis is worse. Um, we're, we're not just, watching just, the same game. It's not open mic night, I guess, as Bill Simmons would say. Like, maybe it's time to pull it. Um, <laughs> There's so many. Co- I, I'm just going to let that one slide. Go ahead, please. Layers on layers. Um <laughs> The Rockets are out, you know. I mean, I guess I guess we can start there because we kind of came in on this right. on this note. Harden played what was a pretty good game, to be honest. I mean, he yeah. had a, he had a, he had a light thirty. By his, I don't know, by his standing defensively, he wasn't getting picked on, and uh, Anthony Davis wasn't even involved. But that is the kind of game that the Lakers can have when when those guys actually hit shots. When 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 the three point shooters for the Lakers hit and their defense is what it is, yeah. it's a different ball game. 
Yeah, and, and it's as simple as that. Like it, it really boils down to when when if, if the Lakers if the Lakers role players are knocking down shots. To be honest with you, I, I'll take them against anybody. You know, it, because like that's really the that's really the you know gravy on top of a good meal, or the cherry on top of the you know of the Sunday. Because you you pretty much know what you're most of the time going to get from those main you know from the two main guys, and when they defend well and they play as a unit on that end, uh, really you, you're just not going to beat them if those guys are also you know knocking down. If I'm not mistaken, they knocked down like what 17 threes that game. Yeah, I it it, it was a schlacking, and, and the problem was. Like, the Lakers' consistency on that end. You know, like, getting Davis and LeBron to play well was obviously paramount in the first thing together yep. at the same time. But, like, the guys actually hitting those shots. And it it's not just LeBron driving and kicking. It's not even that. It's it's, it's the minutes with only one of them out there where, you know, Caruso's the playmaker or it's Kuzma on the drive. Like, they weren't hitting for each other. And when that happened, there was just nobody on that team to create space and they do. I, I mean, I, I've been on Clippers to win the championship since the preseason, you know, and we did the predictions at the start of the bubble. Mm-hmm. Same thing. We did predictions at the start of the playoffs. Same thing. I am very strongly feeling with the way the Clippers have <laughs> been playing and the way the Lakers have been playing that I, I maybe it's time to pivot. Um, no, no, no. Stay over there, man. Stay over there. <laughs> keep, well, I'm going to pivot all pivot all the way back to the Celtics. No, <laughs> it just it it, do, it does feel like. I, the Lakers have kind of figured things out, and then I mean we'll get there in a sec, and it's like the total opposite for the Clippers. Um, yeah, I'm not gonna. But let's not let's not go to Clippers yet because I, I want to okay. spend a few more minutes on the Rockets. So yeah, right before we went on to this podcast, uh, Woj, Adrian Wojnarowski broke that Mike D'Antoni would not be back. Mm-hmm. Um, so you kind of got your wish there. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't necessarily my wish. I just knew that that was coming. <laughs> so so. Um, I think Ty Lu has already been reported as someone who um, could get a look. Um, anyone that you think, if you if you were picking the next coach for Russell Westbrook and James Harden, is there anyone in your mind you're like that feels like a good fit? I mean, the guy that you just named, Ty Lu, that feels like a good fit. Specifically, you know, it's funny because guys get labeled, you know, quote unquote players coaches, and some people you know use that pejoratively. Some people use that as what I would say is appropriate. You know, a guy that can simply get through the get through the guys. Uh, you know, some coaches are more known for their X's and O's. Some you know, some are kind of well rounded, while others are specifically player coaches. I think Ty is, is probably a, a bit more well rounded than he gets credit for, but he's specifically a guy that has shown that he can get through to a superstar player. I don't know if there's a coach out there that they honestly is the perfect fit or the right quote or the quote unquote right match for James Harden. But if there is a guy that can, you know, that that can kind of get those guys, you know, those two together, I'd be intrigued to see what Ty Lue could do. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting that D'Antonio seems to be the one who's kind of made this decision. And now he's getting linked to the 76ers. Mm-hmm. And... Um, you know, uh, we can go back and forth on who Dan Tony is all day, but you know, he, the Nash Suns teams, and now the Harden Rockets teams, you know, he he, he helped. I don't want to say create. That's unfair. He helped cultivate a an environment where like the offensive numbers broke the scale in both cases, and he got MVP winners in both cases, went away championshipless in both cases. The team that he would be taking on in Philly if he took that job would be very different. He- uh, you you cannot do. 95% of the things that you did with Steve Nash and James Harden with Ben Simmons. Um, you know, I, I, Mello isn't, Mello somewhere in between those guys, but Mello fought back and didn't, didn't really dig it, and that didn't work either. And then, 
you know, there's all these stories this summer about, or not this summer, this fall, yes, <laughs> about how, you know, Jimmy Butler and Ben Simmons feuded and you can't take any criticism. And now you're going to take a guy, you know, that that's, you know, allegedly quite sensitive, put him in a system where D'Antoni's shown no ability to maximize a guy like that, unless he's going to be the Sean Marion type role. No, I'm going to be completely honest with you. If he, if, if Mike D'Antoni winds up there, what what honestly is going to take place is we're going to hear, oh, no, no, I can make Ben work. He's going to be super, you know, distributor and this and the other. But that means he's on his way out. That, that, that's my that's my hot take on that. If my D'Antoni ends up in ends up in Philly, then the choice that they made is Embiid. But, like, who has he had, like, Embiid? Like, Amari Stoudemire, I guess. I, I guess. I mean, like, yes. The closest. Yeah, he hasn't really had an Embiid. But he's in, never had a center, a, a real center but yeah, I don't but, know. But and part then, of me, and, but, but part of me thinks like, it. Part of me thinks that he would really try to emphasize, you know, Embiid, you know, be, you know being that spread guy. You know, you know, I also the irony of of D'Antoni taking over a Philly team, slowing it all the way down, committing to Embiid, and like if he did end up winning, with the the inverse of what he, you know, created in the league would be something. Um, but <laughs> Philly, Philly, Houston, Indiana are are three pretty good openings. So. Mm-hmm. You know, decisions to be made. Um, if you're Houston, I I was laughing at that podcast again, thinking that they somehow believe that Giannis and would even be on the block for Westbrook. I I don't know. Do you think that any team is giving you anything for Westbrook right now, with 120 million dollars or whatever it is over the next three years owed to him? It hurts to give this answer, but no. And look, we've all been wrong before. Whenever we said that contract is, you know, you cannot possibly move it because there's always going to be something that can be done. But I look at that and I look at, you know, the output that you're getting from Westbrook. And let's also be fair. And this is something that you were, you know, you were good about the last, you know, in the very last episode. Westbrook prior to the lockout was actually very good. He had gotten to the point where, you know, he, he fit, you know, the, the role was working. You know, they were, they were playing off of one another well. They were, you know, uh, D'Antoni was staggering them a little bit and and to be honest with you it looked like it it might be a much better uh a pairing than it, than it certainly looks right now uh but yes you know since they returned and and obviously you know maybe it's a matter of he just simply wasn't fully healthy or you know also feeling the effects of COVID or whatever the case may be but he just looked he looked he looked so bad that like I, I I can't possibly see another GM or another team looking at that contract saying yeah I want that for the next three to four years well and that's the thing like, I mean everyone's movable but I, I don't know that anyone's taking on Westbrook without picks coming back. Yeah, um, a lot. And I don't know that Houston is really looking to deal out more first-rounders when they have essentially four um, in flux with, with Oklahoma City. And it, I was looking, the two teams I thought of were like New York and Orlando. Okay. And it, if, if, you're, if you're the Magic, you have to probably send out Aaron Gordon and Terrence Ross just to try to make salary work. And I, I don't know that they want to do that. You, well, um, well, let me ask you this really quickly. Do you – okay, so you're Orlando, and I know that you're, you're just you – know, you're trying to get a name in there. Do you want Grumpy Westbrook in Orlando? Like, well, and, and I don't know how they – like, do you do you have actual aspirations for Markel Fultz? Yeah, that's a good point too. Yes, I, because 
if you do, then then bringing Russ in there does not help that. Yeah. Well, here's a, here's another question. What about the Daryl Morey aspect of it? I'm sure you were going to go there, but what about that? Because you know, if I'm not mistaken, his contract is up this year. Everybody, you know, everybody looked, you know, went into the year at least peeking at you know uh, the possibility that you know he could be you know on his way out. Then the situation happened with the tweet and everything. And yeah, I know that we're very you know, we're far removed from it, but it isn't like they did anything better than flaming out as they've done it you know in the past. Do you think he's back? Um, well, yeah, I do. I, I think, like, I think, it, I know it's been forever now. I'm pretty sure March he signed the extension. Did he? I, I think he signed, like, a four-year extension back in March. That, look, that feels like a, a decade ago. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, thank you for that reminder. That is crazy, but okay. Yeah, I, I don't think he's uh, he's on the way out. But the thing with him, too, is, like, he might be in a hinky situation next time he's out because... Like maybe he needs a year off. Like that that Paul Westbrook deal stinks. I I, I just yeah. Like we we can sit here all day and and talk about where they were and that you know Harden pushed out Paul and and they had to make a move sure. But like he gave up four first round picks to get an inferior player whose contract actually might be worse over the the end haul here. So the and, but, and Paul's game is going to age better. We've already you know we can see that yeah. right now. Well, yeah, Paul's going to give you, if he wants, 20 minutes on a second unit, you know, mm-hmm. for, for the rest of his life. Um, the Knicks are the only team I, re- I like really stare in here. I'm like, okay, the Knicks have – who's the free agent they think they're going to – they're not in the honest sweepstakes. Like, we could, we could do that pretty quickly right now. It, the teams that are in the honest mix, uh, Miami, Dallas, Golden State, Toronto, Milwaukee. Did I miss anybody? Nah, not really. Yeah, I mean, like I, I mean, it, there, there's always there's always some dark horse that cut, like all of sure. a sudden arises. But yeah, that those are the obvious if, ones. If the Lakers uh, moved all the things around, or the Clippers mm-hmm. offered, you know, Paul George and some other things, like who who knows? Like things happen. Yeah, but the Knicks aren't hopping in on that. No, I mean, like look, they're sitting we, with a ton of cap space. As always, they're the Knicks. Mm-hmm. Their pick dropped again. At point guard, they have the three-headed monster of Alfred Payton, Frank Nielakina, and Dennis Smith Jr. They're not really supplanting anyone to bring in Russ and put some, you know, seats in the guard. I, I, I don't want to say, hey, Knicks will just do something stupid, but I think the Knicks are in a position where they would say, like, what else are we doing yeah. with all this cap space? They have fifty million cap space, I think, almost this year. Did, did you watch Family Guy? Now this is going to be a, 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 a stay with me. Did you watch Family Guy? Uh, yeah, I, I watch every now and then. Okay, do you remember the episode where they 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 cut away to uh, Danny DeVito, um, <laughs> Danny DeVito proposing to Rhea Perlman? And, no, I don't and, he, and Danny DeVito hits her with, "Come on, like you got any other choice?" <laughs> so that's the Knicks. That's the Knicks. Um, I, you know, I, I'm not even trying to pile on, but I'm going to. They're going to strike out once again. This has been, yo, know, this has been the case. So you're you're probably right. That would be the team that would swing for the fences. But but like, who else is even in free agency? Like, do the Knicks really want to offer Demar a big deal? Uh, they should. They, they, they should Do they want to offer Andre Drummond a big deal? Well, let me ask you this: Who would you who, who would you rather have for the next three to four years, Demar Derozan or Russell Westbrook, at at relatively similar money? Well, I don't think Demar is getting that kind of money. Okay, but you know, all right. So say say he makes ten million less, but still probably too much for. I'd, uh, I'd rather have Demar at twenty five. Okay. Than than Russ at forty. Well then, but if if it was forty forty, I'd rather have Russ. 
So if if that's the case, and you know, then Russ might be on the outside looking in still because, like, like I mean, I know yeah, he's a bigger name, but if you're the Knicks and 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 you have that opportunity to you know to get Demar for fifteen million less a year, I, I would I would much prefer that. And and you know, we changing attention from Westbrook to Harden. Like, mm. if you if if Houston calls up Miami and they're like, hey, we'll flop you Harden for Butler and. Whoever makes salary work, Olenek, Myers Leonard, is Miami saying yes to that right now? Ah oh, man, you know I'm gonna sign. There, people are gonna call me a hater. You know how much I love Butler. Uh, no, I wouldn't. But because look, is James Harden the guy that you think jives with what Miami's got going on? Anything? Play hard, stay in shape, make sure you pass Riley's body mass index test. Test no, like I does. That's it. Does not seem. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like nah, I don't yeah. see that one coming. But then, like I mean, we talked about OKC last week. Like, would they give the picks back that they got with Paul for Harden? And people were like, no. The majority of people said no. Um, which which is fine. And then there's also the added dynamic of like, do Paul and Harden work after that again? Either which which no. So, but I'm I'm looking around the league. I'm like, who who would make a big offer for Harden? Man, I got And it, it, if you're Houston, maybe it is the time to sell, and we've talked about that, but now you don't have your picks. Oof. So are you almost just like kind of stuck in like – I could see a situation where Tillman Fertitta is like, hey, this is not going to work. I'm going to sell. I'm going to save some money over the COVID. I'm going to sell, mm-hmm. but I'm going to keep Harden so it looks like I'm still trying to do something, and we'll just let him fade um, into, the, into the black here as we, you know – bide our time and get get money off the payroll so this is all right so i want to be very careful about how i say this because i in no way am i intimating that a professional of any sort is not you know it does not want to win you know beyond all measures and beyond you know at all costs okay so i, I i'm official i'm not saying that but if you keep harden you know as the highest paid player in the league i think he would be okay yeah i i'm well you know, like you see some of the guys go, I, and I again, I, I don't, even, I don't care, whatever, fuck your feelings. Mm-hmm. Um, you see some guys losing the playoffs, and you see them crying. Yep. And you see them just look devastated, and then you see other guys, and they look like it's Tuesday. Like you know, and like no doubt when he's playing, he's yo, know, he's trying. I'm not saying anything like that. I, I, you know, I think at the beginning of the year, like when everybody's asked the you know the question, hey, do you think you can win a title this year? I think he genuinely wants to win a title, but ultimately, like I said, I think if you know, I think if uh, if they're competitive, at least competitive, and he's you know he you know, he can be in the limelight and he, and he's and he's paid well and he's able to put up the numbers that he likes to put up, then I think he'd be fine. Would you do a deal? And I don't know. I'm just playing. Okay. Playing with the trade machine, literally, as we sit here. Uh, <laughs> would you do a Marvin Bagley, Buddy Heald, Nemanja Bielitsa first-round pick for Harden? Oh, well, okay. So the answer to that is yes. If you're Sacramento, yes. The answer... If you're Sac, yes. What about Houston? No. No. Not enough, yeah. No. I'm trying to think, like, they, it, it's a tough balance of, like, how do we give you enough that we don't empty our shelves... When we're probably not winning a title and we're just selling on having it, a star. If you're Houston, you're not even listening to that without De'Aaron. And I know that you know neither one of us have been absolutely in love with him, but I, I you have to get that name. He's got to be in that deal. Well, and see, I don't think that I, I, I don't know. Maybe this is maybe this is our moment. Get ready to record this one. I don't know if I'm if I'm the Kings. I don't know if I'm giving De'Aaron Fox up. Oh. Plus, plus, plus for Harden. 
shit. I mean, <laughs> like, and you know, I, I don't even love Fox, but you have to throw in like uh-huh. Harrison Barnes, Bagley, and someone else just to make the money work. I know. And then you punt, you you set your future, you jump ten years into the future, and Harden and Harry Giles and Buddy Heald are gonna. Win something? Nah, man. It, 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 look, that's the reason why it, like Arden might be locked in there. As crazy yeah, he, as he that sounds, he might be locked in there, or at least, okay. at least for now. Okay, I could do this all day, but we'll wait because there's actual basketball. Yeah, so Clippers, good. Nuggets, um, Lakers are now waiting. Yeah. LeBron and AD took care of business. Um, Clippers. I, I had to head into work this morning. I caught the first quarter of this game. You caught the last quarter. Missed the middle. I, I, I quite genuinely assumed the Clippers were just going to take care of business today, uh, but the Nuggets were going home. Um, all due respect to them, we talked to them last about them last episode, not saying, hey, look, you know, Jokic is 24, Murray's, you know, whatever he is, 22, and they've been the semifinals two years in a row. Michael Porter Jr. is on the way up. It's a great situation. But here Denver is on the cusp of being the first team ever to win 3-1, to come back from 3-1 and then to come back from 3-1 again. Two times in one postseason. Um there would be a ton of fallout from this, but just just overall, like, do you get the feeling that the Clippers might have be cooked here? Man, I have no idea what to expect from this Clippers team, to be honest. Like, you know, like, like and that's not a slight nor any amount of shade towards the effort that we've gotten from the Nuggets, and we're going to talk about them for sure. But with you know, the, and I'm only echoing you know a sentiment that's been on the timeline. I think our our guy Justin, you know, Justin Rowan, I think he even said this. But the Clippers, they go from looking indestructible one moment and then simply bad in others. You know, they at one point, as we talked about it in the pregame, you know, like going into halftime, I think they were up 16, and I thought, okay, you know, we're good here. I don't need to watch this. So I'm over I'm over visiting my folks. I'm helping my mom sink her accounts to this and you know, do doing the stuff that you do as an only child when you got aging parents. You know what I'm saying? And all of a sudden I look on Twitter and people are like, oh my God, 7-0 run. So I think, okay, this is cool. Denver's making a run. I turn the dang game on and they're up seven. So yeah, again, I don't know what to expect from the you know from this clipper scene. There's like this thing, and there was a discussion on the timeline about a month back about people who thought they were smarter than NBA coaches. I don't think I'm smarter than the average NBA coach. I don't think you're smarter than the average NBA coach. I don't nope. think 99.9% of people on Twitter are smarter of than the NBA coach. However, you know, uh, people who do watch an awful lot of basketball and, and pay an awful lot of attention to a lot of stats and, and sit here and think about things can be right about some things that coaches are wrong about. You know, Of course. We talked about but, but in the minutes last week, um, Doc Rivers... And his stupid rotations have been a conversation <laughs> piece for a decade. Okay? Uh-huh. For a decade. This entire postseason, I have seen Clippers people who I who I enjoy, who I read their things, who I think do a good job talking over and over. But, like, there's really no reason Montrezl Harrell should play in the series. Um, you know, I, I've seen, like, if he's going to play, it absolutely can't be minutes without Jokic. I've seen that. I, like, yeah. I, saw, I saw shades of that in the Dallas, but I've seen it all over this Denver series every single game. Yep. And today, Montres Harrell is minus 19 in, in 15 minutes. And Jokic has the stat line of stat lines. And I just, Doc, man, I, I, I don't know who to blame because Paul George had a great game and Kawhi Leonard's been fantastic the whole postseason. I, I look at Doc and I'm like, how are you taking a team that was supposed to be favored to make the finals, if not win the championship, and possibly bungling this? 
you know, I, I don't want to take anything away from Doc because I, I'm not going to say he's terrible or anything like that. But to your point, you know, every coach, just everybody in general, we all have weaknesses. And sometimes Doc seems to trust his instincts. And I and I respect it and I get it. You're the damn head coach. You're a championship winner in the past. I get it. But it seems like he trusts that, you know, he trusts his gut simply too much. And it, and it flies against what the reality is. There were times in over the course of this game, and I saw people complaining about it on the timeline, that he was playing, you know, Trez and Lou at the same time. And they literally just were getting exposed during that time like they're you know they both can be great individually at times they you know like the effort that they can bring you when they're both rolling and and, and on top of things especially you know from Lou if, if, if the shots are falling it can be great but if 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 neither one of them are you know necessarily great in this series and you're definitely going to get attacked if you play them together I simply don't understand why if you're Doc you keep on going to that lineup Doc Rivers had the best version of Tracy McGrady yes he had he had the Tracy McGrady that had people being like Tracy's the best player in the league Tracy, like he had he had like peak T Mac, mm-hmm. went up three one in the first round, mm-hmm. lost that series. Okay, oh I remember that series T Mac guaranteed or or said like yeah we're it's good to be in the second round. Doc Rivers goes to Boston second stint as a head coach. Okay, Paul Pierce and Antoine Walker had already been to the conference finals before Doc got there. Mm-hmm. Okay, they then missed the playoffs the next couple years under Doc. And they don't win a series until Ray Allen and Kevin Garnett come to town. Okay. I know I, we could go back and forth. I know that there was some people who didn't think Ray Allen, Kevin Garnett, and Paul Pierce at the time were going to be as great as they were, but bottom line, they were great. Yeah. Okay. He then leaves Boston thinking, hey, like Boston's hitting into rebuild. I don't want any of that. It was a bit controversial. He goes to this Clippers team that's gone to the semifinals with Chris Paul and Blake Griffin. Does he ever take the Clippers team further? No. In fact, he's up 3-1 against the Houston team and blows that series. Mm-hmm. Now he has Kawhi Leonard, probably the best player he has ever had. This is what, the seventh MVP type guy that he's had on a team? Fifth? I don't know. However many. And they're up 3-1 again in the series. And here we go to game Doc Rivers. I... I for all the shade people are throwing at Mike D'Antoni, what what is Doc Rivers' crowning achievement? Unfo- Taking that Boston team that Big Ticket was the the defensive player of the year on to the championship? Yes, that's what it is. And you can't take that away completely, but I absolutely agree. No, 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 but I'm with you. Yeah. I absolutely agree with you. That deck was stacked. That was perfectly lined up, especially when you got Thibodeau, as well as other great assistants over there, you know, uh, kind of you know, fueling that. So I, I uh, so I'm I'm cautious to take take away all credit, but I'm with you in terms of hey, what have you done for me lately? Because that was a long ass time ago, and you know, and and out you know before that and since then, it's been you know generally disappointment. Um, I don't think you want to be the first coach in NBA history to. Uh... <laughs> To, to to surrender a 3-1 lead three times Oof. in the playoffs. Oof. I, I, I do not think that is the resume note that anybody wants to have. And if the Clippers don't make the conference finals this year, um, it's what, 47 years of their existence, they've never made the conference finals? I don't want to say this, but I'm going to. If they don't make the conference finals, do you know how much Clips Gone Clip is going to be on that timeline? Like, le- all of the timeline is going to be that. And honestly, I still I look, I'm a sucker for it. I'm I'm being selfish here. No disrespect to the Nuggets because if they make it through, I'm going to give them all the props they absolutely deserve and I will put, dial back some of the shit talking that I would you know, that, that I've been doing, you know, that I've been you know, uh, sending their way. But 
I still want Lakers Clippers in the Western Conference Finals. We all wanted it. We all talked about it beforehand. And if the Clippers don't make it, yes, you can point at Doc. You can point at whoever you want. But that's just going to be an absolute disappointment, given you know, given what they what you know what we expected going into this year and what they actually have out there on the court. If like if we don't get Lakers Clippers, it will be the most disappointed I am since Dwight Howard cock blocked LeBron James Kobe Bryant. There you go. Like I, yes. I mean, it will be right. Yes, we, we want it all year. You damn right. LeBron gets his 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 rematch shot at Kawhi from 2014. Mm-hmm. There, at least I mean, it doesn't feel like it now. But heading into the season, they felt like relatively close. It felt like it was it was a good series on paper because they had different strengths, different weaknesses, and equal or close to equal star power. Now, Paul George hasn't been exactly what we'd hoped in the postseason. The Clippers haven't really figured things out, but. Yes, it would be absolutely devastating if they don't make it. But if they don't make it, I'll be very happy for Jamal. Mm-hmm. I'll be happy for Jokic. I'll be happy for the Nuggets. I'm coming for Doc. <laughs> I got no problem with any of that. And and I and I and, and I like I said, I will give Jokic all the credit he you know that he deserves because he was fun- like he's been good throughout this series, but he was phenomenal in Game Six. And you know what? It was good to see Jamal Murray as we talked about as we discussed before the show. It was good to see him find his stroke. Uh, most importantly, he looks comfortable again. I don't know if you noticed it in the first couple games. He had a couple three and four turnover games. In the last couple, he's only had one each of the last you know last couple games. He's been more efficient and he's just been better and smarter about how he attacked uh yeah look I, man I've been, I've been wrong on these game seven predictions i'm predicting the nuggets are gonna pull off this damn upset i'm gonna i'm gonna say clippers get this done i, I, I hope i'm I, gonna give Kawhi the benefit of the doubt here and say that he says it in about nine really eloquent words gets this team fired up for game seven because man this it it, it just doesn't make sense i mean the nuggets I mean, they're down 3-1. You own them. They don't have Barton. Uh Harris is figuring things out. Murray didn't start, you know, wasn't scorching earth like he was against Utah. It just, the Clippers should take care of business here. And uh, if they they don't, it's going to be ugly. And then the other aspect in shifting it to the East is, you know, the Kyle Lowry Toronto Raptors fought till the very end. Mm -hmm. Game seven, semifinal. I mean, to not get further, to pick up Kawhi Leonard and not get further, um, playing arguably a lesser team, like is anyone betting on Denver over Boston? No. I, well, I, I mean, mean like, actually, that might be a fun one, but it would it would it would be fun. Yeah. But I I just you know it, it would again again <laughs> Doc Doc is going to take some shit if, if they lose this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Kawhi's going to take some. Paul George is going to take some. But the Clippers really can't lose. Yeah, everybody. I think gonna take it. What's the saying? Like the only moral position is to to vote for the favorite. I mean, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, like, like, look, I look. I hope I'm wrong because, again, selfishly, I want Lakers Clippers. But for whatever the reason, the, the, I looked at that Clippers team and I was like, "What the hell is this, man? That just doesn't make any sense." I know we're swinging it back, we're swinging to the East, but that just doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. Um, okay, <laughs> Toronto Boston game seven. Raptors lose. Um, Jason Tatum was great. Yes, uh, Jason Tatum was was really really good. Uh, Toronto played really hard, and I, I know you tweeted about it, but like some of the stuff about Pascal Siakam went like way too far. Oh um, yeah, what? Well, wait, wait, way too far. Look, like, guys, and, and, and look, we're not even gonna soapbox this. Don't be dicks, man. 
Don't be this. Like, it's cool to be upset about your team losing, but at the end of the day, all of the like the racial stuff, that's obviously way too far. But all of the yeah. all of the oh man, he's trash, he's the worst. It's like, come on, guys, like let's be real. Like, like we all went into this. I was hopeful, but we knew that they were probably a, another year away from de- you know like further developing you know, on that side of the ball. But in terms of what Pascal, you know, if, if you're a Toronto fan and you're mad at him, in terms of what you got from him offensively, it might not have looked pretty, but he busted busted his ass out there defensively and gave you and gave it and gave it his all and continue to push even though he was he was struggling offensively so i don't know to me it was just punk shit i saw he had the worst like three-point percentage of anyone in a playoff series to ever shoot 33 i mean it wasn't good he was like four of 32 it wasn't and like this is part of it like you know what pascal is a star he was an all-star this is a guy who took on a bigger role uh you can take some jokes you, oh, I mean, yeah. you can take some shade it's how it goes yeah but at the same time like the guy we, we've heard over and over, he didn't pick up a basketball until later in his life. Um, last year was the first year he was even really a contributor, like for for, for a good team. Mm-hmm. This year he's thrown into a role that he's clearly not ready for or capable of at this moment, and it didn't go so great. But at the same time, you know they lost the Finals MVP for nothing, and they still took it to Game Seven and could and could have won that series. So, I, I just I think. If you're going like, oh, I told you Siakam's overrated and he's not even a top 50 player. And yes, I saw some of the racial stuff, um, like a, a lot more than I've seen for like mm-hmm. a lot of other players, mm-hmm. which I mean, I, I couldn't speak to it. But like given some of the stinkers that Chris Middleton and Paul George and James Harden and Russell Westbrook all had that, you know, uh, there's tons of jokes. I, I did not see some of the racial things that I saw about Siakam. Um, which is interesting. And, which is... Which is uh, and again, I'm not nuanced enough to speak to it, but it it was uh, it was another level of vitriol on the timeline. But at the at the end of the day, Pascal Siakam still probably a top 25, top 30 player in this league, and I I don't think I don't think anyone in Toronto should feel bad about that series. Exactly. I was I was going to cap it with congrats on a fantastic season, Toronto fans and Toronto Raptors. Yeah, and I I think what they did to Kemba in that series was obviously incredible. Mm-hmm. You mentioned it last week. Um, you know they they honestly kind of almost played box and one. They did at times throughout the series. Box and yeah. one with the with the back four just zoning and matching. And 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 again it works and they switched and they moved so well and uh, I mean Tatum Tatum was really good and Brown had some moments but neither shot the the shit out of the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I mean they did what they could they did what they could and, and Nurse made adjustments and no one is complaining about the coaching or yeah you know Lowry playing terrible or. So it is. It, uh, I mean, I I don't think you could hope for more, losing what you lost and just running it back. Absolutely, absolutely. I'm intrigued to see. You you, you made reference to it. I'm intrigued to see what they do with uh, Gasol next year. I'm intrigued to see you know what they how this roster looks because I do think that they they, they can and should you know do a little bit of tweaking. But really, this is this is a this is a team that's going to be in the mix moving forward. Would you rather Would you rather play pay Fred Van Fleet? 20 million over the next three years or Russell Westbrook 40 over the next I think you know the answer to that. Again, man, I love Russ too and and that's what sucks, but yeah. What if it was even? So, um, this matchup? (laughs) So, this matchup... God, it's just, yeah. it hurts. It hurts. If you if you're broken, you can't shoot in today's NBA, it's, and you have a forty million dollar price tag. It's rough. It is. It's like leprosy. It, it's as as the kids it, say, going outside. Yeah. <laughs> God. I saw someone joking on the timeline, like so. Blake Griffin for Russell Westbrook. Anybody? I was like, 
That's a trade that would just be Yikes. anarchy for no reason. Yikes. I, I do think Blake with Harden would be kind of fun. But anyway, um, I digress. We won't make this the official Rockets Trade Ideas podcast. All right. um, Even though sports had a break, your business didn't. You have to keep moving, and that makes hiring more important than ever. Indeed is here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you to the best people fast. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need, you can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to help make your search that much easier. Like sponsored jobs, which are shown to be three and a half times more likely to result in a hire. With 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month, Indeed is going to get you you to that important hire you need, just like they have for over 3 million other businesses. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job posts, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid through September 30th. The wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be at the game this year, but you can still be in on the action at BetOnline. BetOnline is going the extra mile to make sure you get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team and player and coach props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than anyone else. You can get in on their season open bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to BetOnline today, online today, excuse me, and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at BetOnline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. BetOnline your online sportsbook experts. Boston, Miami. Uh, this is going to be a good se- I, I am very undecided still. Knowing that I was going to have to pick this series coming to this podcast, I still went back and forth. I've been pretty on Boston since the restart, but I, I have very much taken note uh, as to what Miami has been doing and how mm-hmm. good they've looked. The, look, the Celts won the first two matchups before the split. The Heat won that game 112-106 in August. Uh, it was a game where, you know, all of the Celtics played. Kemba, T- Kemba Tatum, Jalen, Gordon, they all played. Uh, but Dragic was big for Miami off the bench. Hero and Robinson killed them from deep. I'm going to be, look, I'm going to keep it real. I think the, I'm leaning the Heat, and in fact, I'm going to take the Heat in this series. We know, I know we're going to flush it out and discuss it, but I am leaning that way. Yeah, I, got, I, I want to. What is the story on Hayward? Well, oh, the uh, I I looked I checked, looked it up. It said that he's going he's going to be probably be going to be available at some point in this series. Meaning, not going to be available for you know for the start of it in all likelihood, but at some point. But if I'll, I'll be honest with you, the Heat aren't necessarily obviously you you bring them back no matter what. But the Heat are not necessarily a, a rolling Heat team, are not necessarily the team that you want to have to jump back into things. If you, especially if you're a wing you're a wing player. But I, I still think that's. Even if he's just playing 15 minutes off the bench, that's a boost versus what they could do. Oh, yeah, it helps. Um, you know, maybe he takes Brad Wanamaker out of the equation and he plays some backup point for Kemba even. I don't know. 
um, they could do some fun things with him, you know, having the frame that he does and the skill set that he does. I guess I guess it really I, depends on what he looks like. Like, is he is he fully back or is he still kind of? I, up? I just I, I I like I saw the Twitter updates. Like, I know he went for the birth of his kid. I, I'm confu- how did Mike Conley get back? Miss two games and get back right away, and Gordon Hayward miss like. Did Gordon Hayward just be like, I'm taking the first month off with my kid? Was that the idea? No, no, no. Gordon Hayward hurt his ankle. He sprained his ankle last series. Oh, I thought this whole time no. was just because of the baby. Uh-uh. Oh, no, no, no. Okay. He sprained that ankle. And that's why I said that's why I said he'll probably be available at some point because they're still he's still on he's still on the mint. That's the, oh, that and, makes and, and, way more sense. Yeah, and that's and that that right there is part of the reason why I I think I'm gonna le- no I am going to lean Miami because look with Kimba not necessarily riding high and and with you not knowing the true availability or you know, or I guess you know what his eventual impact in terms of Hayward, yeah, part of me wonders if the Celtics are gonna get enough for, you know like against this current version of the Heat you know this eight and one in the, in the, in the playoffs version of the Heat. Well, it felt like the Celtics didn't make a sub the entire second half. In the game seven against uh, Toronto, which do what you got to do to win. Yeah. Um, but that didn't make me feel very good about Miami. Like that's that's a lot of pressure on your on your horses. And just looking at the minutes, like Brad Wanamaker is your sixth man. Robert Williams playing a hundred minutes was your seventh man. Mm. I the depth that uh, Boston has is not is not nice. Um, yeah. So they, I, I guess they, they are going to have to try Hayward no matter what. I, man, I can't believe I didn't know about the ankle. But if, if he, yeah, that is tough. That makes what you're saying a lot, a lot tougher because if he comes back and he's slow, that hurts you. But man, I, 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 the other thing I was looking at is Jimmy Butler. I think someone posted like the top true shooting percentages of the playoffs so far, and he was like top five. And Ooh. <laughs> if, you, if you're getting top five true shootings yeah. out of Jimmy Butler, God dang! By the way, he's um four hour as of four hours ago. Gordon Hayward is, has advanced to light drills and expected to return at some point. Okay, um, and and, and to be fair, like I, maybe, maybe that was just the semifinals. And I'm mis, misquoting, but like <clears throat> Jimmy Butler shooting shooting the hell out of the ball uh, adds another element to Miami because it's all like, hey, he'll get you free throws. We'll get playmaking from all over the place. Hero and, and Robinson will spread the floor. Dragic is a good second option. But if if Butler is scoring like an elite number one option, then that makes me kind of want to lead Miami too. But I, I, I'm going to say – I'm going to go the other way. I'm going to go Boston. Okay. Uh, Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown, and Jason Tatum, I think, just offer more defense, defensive resistance than what Butler just saw. Um, with D- DiVincenzo minutes and Pat Connaughton minutes and some of these other guys in there, uh, you know, Giannis not being, you know, present. But so so here's the only thing, and, and I hear you and I agree with you. I think if if you get if you get guys like Dragic, Hero, you know, Duncan Robinson, if those guys you know, are hidden, I don't think you I don't think Boston has enough in order to in order to key in on Jimmy. So I hear like if those guys aren't hidden, yes, I I definitely think they're gonna make Jim, you know, Jimmy's life difficult, no matter how you know how well he's rolling. Uh, but if those guys are are as effective as they've been over the course, not just throughout you know, not just throughout the playoffs, but since they've been in the bubble, man, I don't know. Yeah. Well, and I mean, like Embiid wasn't really able to take advantage um, of Tice, and and it was you know in large part Philly was hand handcuffed by the talent they had out there. But like, yeah, they didn't. He didn't play him off the floor. He didn't make me feel like oh Boston really needed to be bigger. They needed that center. I kind of wonder what Bam does in this series. Yeah, I was gonna say because he's been so damn good in the playoffs too. Bam's yeah, but Bam's I, a different story altogether. And Embiid was a was a man alone in that series. Like let's keep it real, Tobias Harris was not you know was not the Robin that he needed. No, um, 
I, I think I'm going to go Boston 7. I like Same it. Same as I went Boston 7 versus Toronto. I'll stick Boston 7 versus Miami. I like it. Miami and 6. And I, yo, I, if I'm wrong, that's all good. Let me get Lakers and Celtics uh, yo, for 2020 just like we got in 2010 on the 10-year anniversary. This Miami team is really interesting because now that they're here, mm-hmm. if they did that, I mean, Jimmy and Bam are not the names that Wade and Shaq are. But yeah, but but are they carrying more weight? Some I, you know, like are you can have some. I, I could definitely stir the timeline up if that happens. So I'm I'm open to it. Too. <laughs> I'll wait until it happens before we before we open that hornet's nest. But yes, that would be a fun conversation. <laughs> um, I guess I guess that's gonna do it for basketball, man. Uh, am I missing right. anything? Was there any news I missed today? Not that I saw. Not that I saw. Um, we're, we're back in a couple of days, so you know we can catch it. What are you binging? Are Man, you I switched it up and I did movies this time. So I watched okay. on Netflix. I watched Strange but True. Have you seen it? No, I haven't seen it. All right. Well, I won't give it completely away because it's got some twists. It's a, basically it's a bit of a whodunit that sort of morphs into a deeper story with a couple of creepy twists, like actually really creepy twists. Uh, but it was fun enough. You know, it had Amy Ryan, Greg Kinnear, Brian Fox, Black, you know, Black Danner. It's not Oscar worthy, but it's good enough to throw on if you're scrolling Netflix, especially you know during this time for those of us that are still you know being appropriate and you know kind of staying indoors. I'm gonna add it to the sheet, but I'm gonna give it a 62. And then, um, and you know, so like it, it's it's a halfway decent you know date night type deal, um, especially if you guys are in the creep stuff like I am. But then I also watched Freaks. Have you seen that one? No, I haven't seen either. All right, so think uh, Ten Cloverfield Lane meets Firestarter. Uh, shout out to the old school, you know, it's it's that old school, you know, Drew Barrymore film uh, for my fellow old heads out there. But basically, it's kind of a combination of those two. It's essentially about a military force that's hunting down folks with mutant powers. Uh, it throws a couple twists at you. And, you know, if you're one of those folks, but I will, let me, fair warning, if you're one of those folks that, that really gets bothered by plot holes, uh, then you might, uh. then you might, you know, this might not, you know, it might not be for you. But if you can simply appreciate a little absurdity to go along with your sci-fi adventure, it was good enough to throw on for, you know, on Netflix as well, and I think I'm probably going to give it a 60, and I will add that to the sheet as well. I was just about to say, did you add them? I'll, I'll I got you. Kind of start. Um, you know what I watched? I've had. I've got a list. Let me. Let me just read this list off. Oh. I've like a bunch of movies I want. Okay, The Raid, mm-hmm. The Way Back 2010, because we've realized there's a few of the Way Backs. <laughs> Inside Lewin Davis, The Master, Boyhood, Spring Breakers, Miller's Crossing, 365 Days. My cousin Vinny was this list of movies that just kind of had a stuff that I like movies I've wanted to watch forever and just never got around to. Got around to my cousin Vinny last night. Man, that is a dope movie. That like it it is it is so rare that somebody like a generation before you loves a movie mm-hmm. and and all they talk about is how much they love it and how funny it, whatever it is that they love the movie, love the movie, love the movie. You finally watch it twenty years after the fact and it just. Give maybe society's changed, maybe the effects aren't there, whatever it is, maybe the actor doesn't appeal to you in the same way. It just doesn't hit for you in the same way. This movie was, I, I laughed my ass off the entire time watching this movie. Um, blew my mind, I had to Google how old Marissa Tomei was. <laughs> Still, <laughs> I was like, Still incredible, yeah. Yep. The movie came out in 92, I was born in 92. Uh-huh. Marissa Tomei is in there looking fine. Yep. And However many years later, that is, 20, 28 years later, she's an Iron Man uh, looking like a snack. Looking And she's 55 years old. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. <laughs> like, that, that's neither here nor there. But 
it, it did blow me away. Joe Pesci was, of course, incredible. I, I was excited to see Ralph Macchio, but, like, I mean, it didn't really even matter who the nephew was. Yeah. I mean, they weren't. In, but but Pesci was incredible, and I just... There's so many funny movie uh, moments in that movie with him and the judge and him and the other lawyer. Two, you uh, two what? <laughs> no, you, I haven't seen that movie honestly probably 20 years and I loved it back then watching you tweet about it it, it almost made me feel not not the proud papa I'm not your dad but you know what I'm saying like the proud older brother I was like look at him look at him good stuff you, you, you only threw the warning there because of Bron and Kyrie didn't you Maybe, maybe a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> also, no disrespect, you know, uh, you know, uh, to your pops. <laughs> um, the uh, the scene where he hears the owl and he gets up in the middle of the cabin, he's just unload, <laughs> like he's just unloading into the forest, uh-huh. just fires six shots. I I don't even know why that was so funny to me, but like maybe just like how Canadians envision Americans too, like. Uh-huh. I just, I just died, man. Well, I, I really was so funny. Well, it was also perfect because look at what, like, look at what we know Pesci as, and he played it so perfectly at during that time. No, you know, knowing Pesci as like the guy that's in every single gangster movie, he's always the little short dude that's just fiery and mad and this that, and the other. And all of a sudden, you know, you, you know, basically you just throw a leather jacket and, and some slacks on that guy, and he and he's in court defending you. That you know, there, there's all types of jokes to be made there. Oh yeah, for sure. Fair enough. Um, yeah, I didn't, I didn't get much else other than that. Um, I'm trying to think, did I watch any other movie this week? I don't think I did, man. And, and TV, I've been slacking because uh, beginning of the school year, there's just not yeah. as much time as there normally is. But uh, I was debating the, the girlfriend and I were both debating Disney Plus. Mandalorian, the next season of that up soon? I, you know, honestly, I need to watch the first season. I still need to watch the first one of that. Oh, really? You never watched Mando? Never caught up with it, yeah. You should, yeah, that's pretty good. No, I definitely. Okay, that's gonna wrap us this week. Um, if you haven't yet, please like, rate, subscribe, review, hit us up on Twitter. Uh, I think we, we're overdue for a Q and A episode, so we'll hit that up maybe in, in conjunction with Game Seven Nuggets, uh, Nuggets Clippers here for the Wednesday episode. Jeff Perlman, um, you know, pretty prestigious author. You know him from literally everywhere, I would assume at this point. Number of books, Sports Illustrated for many, many years, New York Times bestselling author, uh, Three Ring Circus. The, the story, uh, Kobe, Shaq, Phil, and the crazy years of the Lakers dynasty. Jeff will be on the podcast Wednesday night. That's beyond dope, man. I'm really excited to hear that one.